Today's episode of the Danacy Football Podcast is brought to you by State Farm. When you need a game plan for protection, State Farm agents are here to help. With personalized service, agents are available to talk in person, over text, or through the State Farm app. So go with the one with coverage and agents you can count on. Find an agent in your neighborhood today. State Farm. Talk to an agent today. Welcome to the Dynasty Football Podcast on the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined as always by my co-host and my co-Danny, the hero we need and the analyst we deserve, the Dark Knight himself, Danny Kelly. <laughs> How are you doing, DK? <laughs> oh man, that intro just gets better every time. Uh, I'm doing really good. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Yeah, it ages like a fine wine. We're also joined by Craig Horlbeck. How are you, Craig? Hi, Fitz. Do you have a roommate? Maybe. Did you wake him up with that? <laughs> yeah, I was picturing the exact same thing. Is like, that poor fellow sleeping? <laughs> peel back the curtain a little bit. We're, we're recording. Danny is at in his apartment. We're recording kind of off schedule this week because of the Thanksgiving schedule. So I just love the thought of Danny yelling in his apartment and waking up all his neighbors. Going, Danny Kelly! <laughs> <laughs> no, we just it's get good. woken up by garbage trucks. <laughs> generally, that's generally what goes on right here. But yes, we are recording this on Tuesday morning because of flight schedules and this holiday around this like turkey bird thing. So a little early this week, but it's not going to stop us. It's not no. going to stop us from rolling. <laughs> We're going to run through a bunch of players who like in their matchups this week. We're going to break down our Fandle lineup of the week at the end. But first, we're going to run through some categories, put some DFS players we like this week in some buckets. Shall we dive in? Let's do that. All right. I don't want to wake up your neighbors, too. <laughs> All right. First up, going big. DK, who's an expensive player you think is worth the money this week? I'm going with Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, going up against the Raiders this week, whose defense has been struggling of late. He's 8,600, second most expensive quarterback on this slate behind only Lamar Jackson, who has just gone scorched earth on everyone of late. Um, Chiefs are coming off their bye, so I figure they should be well rested, healthier, um, ready to, you know, Andy Reid is ready to game plan the hell out of this one. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has been kind of seeing his thunder stolen a little bit by Lamar Jackson. So maybe he wants to uh, remind everyone who he is and how great he is. So anyways, I think we could we could be due for a vintage Mahomes performance in this one. The running back situation is really muddled. And so they might just air it out instead. So I'm, I'm really high on Mahomes this week against the Raiders. I mean, Mahomes' best game the whole season was, or best stretch was the second quarter of that Raiders-Chiefs game earlier this season when he had four touchdowns in one quarter. Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, great point. Thank you. I, that just uh, makes me feel even better about this. Yeah, absolutely shredded them. And I think and the Raiders defense is all I mean, the Raiders just got shredded by Sam Darnold, the Jets. And I love Sammy Darnold, but Mahomes slightly better than Sam Darnold. Right. Speaking of New York, I'm rolling with the Giants Saquon Barkley this week. He's the seventh most expensive running back going against the Green Bay Packers. Packers? Packers? I don't know what I'm saying. Maybe I just want to need a vacation. But Kind of weird that Barkley is seventh most expensive. I mean, he's really fallen off in terms of, I think, expectations and everything. Well, that's kind of why I like it. Because, look, he's not been producing much. Right. He had two receptions for one yard last week and Brutal. 17 carries for 59 yards. I mean, he he's just not been able to get going in the passing game, not been super efficient in the rushing game. Yeah, he did have a 
I think he just dropped one that was kind of like wide open in the flats and he was going to have a big gainer, um, but it just kind of went through his hands. So I think like, I don't know. I'm with you. I think he's due for a bounce back. I look, he's getting so much volume and the Giants are going to funnel so much of their offense through him that even if it's being a little bit of a struggle right now, I like him when he becomes the seventh most expensive running back. He's going to get so many touches and also Green Bay. It's a really good matchup. Their bottom five run defense by DVOA, which is football outsiders, just basically efficiency. And they're allowing more fantasy points per game to running backs than the Dolphins. Twenty nine and a half fantasy points per game. It's the third most of any team to opposing fantasy running backs. Barkley obviously gets all the Giants touches as running backs, basically. So all those are for him. He has not had more than 100 yards total, like yards from scrimmage in four of his last five games since returning from that ankle sprain. But I think that he changes uh, that this week. I think he can break that against the Packers, get a touchdown and get you a return. I'm being the seventh most expensive running back. So love the discount on Saquon. I like this one. I actually almost had him in here too. So um, I'm bullish on him this week. Hopefully he kind of finally breaks out. Craig, who are you going big on? I'm going big on Devonta Adams and the Packers uh, this week. He's $8,000. He's the third most expensive on FanDuel. They're playing the Giants. Um, Devonta has been seeing a ton of targets all year. He missed a huge chunk because of turf toe, but when he has played, he's had the third highest target share in the league amongst all wide receivers. And, um, especially since returning from injury, since his return, he's had targets of 11, 12 and 10 in his first three games back. And he's only had one touchdown in seven games. I kind of see Devonte as the Fournette of wide receivers where he's getting a <laughs> ton, not in the style, but like in the target totals he's seen, like just the potential and the lack of production from a touchdown standpoint. Right. This is the week I think it's going to turn around, especially because he's playing the New York Giants, who have given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers <laughs> this season. So I like this yeah. game for Devontae. He had his first touchdown last week. you got to find a new slant. Everyone can't be lettered for that. Who else is lettered for that? <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's lettered for that. But, uh, but I do love this. I'm actually very jealous of this pick because Devontae, there is no one on the Giants that can cover Devontae. Well, good news. You can put him in your lineup. You don't have to be jealous. You can have him. <laughs> Anybody can. We can share. Everybody gets Devonta Adams. Yeah, and the Giants, I have no idea who's going to cover that. Also, the Packers got creamed and embarrassed, and I think anytime Rodgers gets embarrassed, he's going to have a big game. And the only person that he trusts still is Devonta Adams because all these other Packers receivers, they're all, like, there, but they're all getting one or two catches, maybe three in a game. But it's, like, Jake Kumro, Valdez Scantling, Geronimo Allison, like, L- Lazard. Like, all these guys, they're kind of floating around the periphery. The only people getting consistent looks, though, is Devontae and Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, depending on who's yeah. in the game. And everyone else is just there and just like running routes. But Devontae's still the only one who has chemistry with him. And that is going to, no one in the Giants' secondary is chemistry. So that's a problem. Do you guys buy, so I've, I've seen this floating around a little bit on Twitter, the uh, the Ewing theory with Devontae Adams, how the Packers were just a lot more efficient and spread the ball around a lot more when when Adams was out. And now that they're back, now that he's back, Rodgers is just funneling him targets all game long, and they just don't look nearly as good. No, I think that that's not. <laughs> I think they're better with Devontae Adams. I think they just played the 49ers. I think that's what changed. Okay, that's I think fair. Nick Bosa hitting Aaron Rodgers in the face um, with his chest is the problem, personally. I mean, yeah, that does feel like Occam's razor a little bit, so, yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's the example. Like, Devon, Devontae Adams is so like a shiny object distracting Aaron Rodgers. Decision-making. He's just, I don't know. That would, that would be convenient. I just love a good Ewing theory, so I was just throw that out there. 
Well, my favorite Ewing, you know what? Let's not go into this. This is going to be a wormhole. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so actually, I, I mean, hey, we're going home for Thanksgiving, you know? Maybe we're going home. So who is someone, we just went big. Who is someone you're going home on this week? Yeah, I'm staying away from Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers, going up against the Ravens this week. We've seen how good the Ravens have looked, both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, they've just been really, really strong in the secondary of late, you know, with Marcus Peters has been a huge, huge addition for them. They got Jimmy Smith back. Marlon Humphrey is an elite shutdown cornerback. Um, everything is just going really, really right for the Ravens right now. And I'm not saying that the 49ers are not going to be competitive in this game. They could be for sure, but I just don't think it's going to be a huge, huge day for Garoppolo in particular. Um, so at eight grand, I'm definitely just kind of looking at a different um, option in that one. And we, so going back the last five defenses that the 49ers have faced. So the first, the last four defenses the 49ers have faced have been 23rd or worse versus opposing quarterbacks. So in other words, they face a pretty light slate of quarterbacks over the last month plus. Um, Baltimore is going into this matchup ranked seventh against quarterbacks. And I think that's going up at this point. And we've seen, yeah, I mean, I don't need to get too deep into what the Ravens have been doing, but they've made very good quarterbacks look bad over the last month plus. And so, yeah, I'm just kind of staying away from Garoppolo this week. That's a great call because their last few games, I mean, obviously they played the Cardinals twice. So, I mean, the Cardinals are, I believe, give up the most, the yeah. second most points to fantasy quarterbacks. The Seahawks secondary, as you know, is is not bad, but certainly not. It's not even average. Yeah, it's improving, but it had been very bad for a long time. And then the Ravens secondary is just absolutely lights out because they what I'm interested in is the Ravens blitz more than any other team in the league. And they've got Matthew Judon off the edge who Bill Barnwell actually just highlighted him as one of the, maybe the most underrated player in all of football mm-hmm. and defense. Their secondary, I mean, went from really deep to being injured to now it's just absurdly deep again. You've got yeah. Marlon Humphrey playing borderline like maybe like second team all pro football at cornerback. Marcus Peters now is free to range again. He yeah. Kind of, way back close to the impact he had with the Chiefs than the Rams. He had that interception on Monday Night Football. Like Earl Thomas, obviously. Like, they are I, know, just I forgot playing. to mention Earl, which is sacrilegious for me, but yeah. Basically, what they're doing, though, is they're blitzing. Honestly, it's kind of like the way the Patriots lean on their secondary and they go cover zero on those blitzes. The Ravens don't quite do that exactly, but they blitz so much because they know their secondary is so good. And the Niners have had issues at tackle. Joe, uh, Joe Staley has been in and, uh, kind of in and out the last few weeks, but when he played, he got crushed by Jadavion Clowney. So Mike McGlinchey is not 100%. Like the 49ers are vulnerable on the offensive line and the blitz. So not sure Jimmy G will have time. And Jimmy G is not great under pressure. Yeah, he's been making a few questionable decisions. We'll put it that way. And then he also has just, I mean, they're banged up. You know, Kittle is an awesome player, but he's, playing basically on like a broken foot or ankle or something. Um, And then, you know, they just got issues in the receiver position. Manuel Sanders has been really banged up. So I don't know. It just, it it doesn't look like a great, great matchup for Garoppolo to me. I concur. Although that game's going to be football porn. Oh, it's going to be fun as hell. Yeah. I can't flex that to Sunday night football. I don't (laughs) think it's possible though. My going, someone I'm going home on this week is Nick Chubb uh, against the Steelers. I feel really bad about this because I love Nick Chubb. I feel like Nick Chubb's really fun he's and awesome. upset, yeah. but he's the third most expensive running back on this slate. And the last two months, Nick Chubb has been a high floor guy. He's never had under nine points, but he's gone higher than 13 points just twice in the last two months. Yeah, And the Steelers are an excellent defense. Chubb's huge matchups this year have basically come against 
pretty bad teams with the exception of uh, actually the Ravens. And but that was like week three or week four. Or so when they're really banged up and we're a completely different team, honestly, and just has not been doing that much since. And Nick Chubb has not been get when you're the third most expensive running back. It's kind of either suggesting you're going to get all of the touches in your offense, which right. is not the case anymore because of Kareem Hunt, or it's a really good matchup. This is neither. Kareem Hunt is there. And also the Steelers are a pretty bad matchup for a running back. I understand the Browns just beat them like two weeks ago, but I mean, I would rather splurge slightly more to get Derrick Henry or spend a little less to get Aaron Jones, who maybe he's touching slightly less than Nick Chubb in this game, but he's a way better matchup against the Giants. So I'm 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 out on Nick Chubb for this price. It's funny. I think we're on the same wavelength this week because I had him penciled in, too, and then I changed my answer. But yeah, so two for two, Danny. I like these. I like these choices. Beautiful. Craig, who's someone you're going home? Are you going home for Thanksgiving, Craig? I am going home for Thanksgiving. Where, where's home, Craig? Bay Area. Nice. That's nice. why he hates Jared Goff, because Jared got, <laughs> he, Craig himself doesn't like the cold. And you know you hate things that you see in yourself? What? He hates Jared Goff's, from, also from the North Bay, inability to withstand the cold. Well, the actual reason is because I'm from the East Bay, and Jared Goff is from the North Bay. He's from Marin, so that's the problem. <laughs> I got to check. Can I break some news to you, Craig? Nobody who's not from Northern California cares about the difference. Well, I don't. That's how it works for any city anyone lives in. No one cares about <laughs> yeah. North Philly, South Philly. Like it's just that's how. Except it for New is. York City, because everyone obviously cares about you know where the Lower East Side is. Do you guys want me to talk to you about like the differences between Redmond and Kirkland and, and Bellevue? No, and I think we should get back Renton. to football. <laughs> and West Seattle. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, Craig, <laughs> who are you going home on for the purpose of this metaphorical exercise where we highlight an expensive player that you don't think is worth money? <laughs> okay, I'm metaphorically going home on Cooper Cup on the Rams, who just got shithoused last night by the Ravens. Uh, Cooper Cup Cremated. Is cremated. Yeah. Baptized. I don't like that word. It's um, bad car. Cooper Cup is the fourth most expensive wide receiver on DraftKings. And although that made sense six weeks ago, it just doesn't anymore. In the last five weeks, he had one blow-up 200-plus yard game. But besides that, he's had totals of 53-0, 50-17, and then last night. Cup's targets, uh, they're not there anymore. The first five weeks, he averaged 12.6 a game. In the last six games, he's only averaged seven. And um, he's just not in the same category as Tyreek Hill, Devonta Adams, Godwin, Evans, which are the other guys priced at the top on Fandle this week. So I'm going to wait and see if he can come back to where he used to be. But right now, yeah. he ain't worth it. Man, the Rams offense is just, it's sad how how, fall, how far they fall. I mean, they were in the freaking Super Bowl last year. Their offensive line looks in shambles. Goff looks super inaccurate. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm just going to jump ahead to my galaxy brain. I'm just going to pull it up right now. We're doing it now. Okay. Fair enough. I can see a world where I don't mind Cooper Cup. Now, that sounds... My galaxy brain was Jared Goff rolling against the Cardinals this week. Mm. Which, you know, that might I not mean, the sound... the Cardinals, I get that, yeah. That might not sound smart, because Jared Goff, the last time he had more than seven fantasy points in a game, the World Series was still happening. Wow. So, that's, you know, maybe it's not a great idea. But the Cardinals' defense is allowing the most fantasy points to quarterbacks of any team in the league. Uh, they are, by an, a significant margin or so, like, they are not just 32nd. They are 32nd by, like, five-plus points per game. <laughs> it is absurd. So this is the first game between Sean McVay and Cliff Kingsbury. If you remember, they, when the Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury, they famously put that he was friends with Sean McVay in the press release <laughs> and then deleted it and then hide the tweet, but obviously people screenshotted it. So it still exists. Shout-out to Kevin Clark for being ahead on that. The Streisand effect. But anyway, 
The Rams could shred the Cardinals. Obviously, the Rams will have low ownership after they've gotten just straight embarrassed on primetime TV the last two weeks. I could see Cooper Cup having a decent game, but I also agree with Craig that he's probably overpriced for this. But I could see him going off because Patrick Peterson's probably going to be on the outside around, surrounding like Robert Woods if he plays. Um, or even, like I, I feel like if Cooper Cup's working primarily from the slot, the, Rob, the Cardinals don't have good cornerbacks. I mean, yeah, you, they've shown time and time again they can't stop anybody this year. So like, this is this is a good contrarian slash galaxy brain idea. I like this. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying like for Cooper Cup, Craig. I'm sorry to blow up your spot. It's okay. I, I can't. I cannot believe you have this here. No more than seven fantasy points since October 27th. Yeah, that's probably the argument against that <laughs> using is, the Rams that, offense. I mean, but that is just that's <laughs> Isn't unbelievable. That pathetic? That's unbelievable. Again, we've beaten this ad nauseum, but again, the, and again, this is kind of arguing for Craig against Cooper Cup, but yeah, I can't highlight enough that of pro football focuses like qualifying blockers. Uh, well, among guards, there's like 64 or so guards, and the Rams are like their starting guards are two of the bottom five. <laughs> yeah, it's just they're and now they're mixing match. Now people are playing out of position. It, it, nothing works. They have rookies at right guard and right tag. It's all a disaster. And they so. just look so mentally shot. Like Goff looks shook. Todd oh, yeah. Gurley. No yeah. one looks like they're having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, the thing that that was very very noticeable last night, and obviously it was a blowout, so it's like this is going to happen, but. It was such an interesting contrast because the Ravens were having the best time. They were having the time of their life. Lamar was like dancing in between plays. <laughs> yeah, I know, like in the huddle. On that note, the thing that blew that that blew not blew my mind. Like this is Galaxy Brain, but I really found a turning point. Was there was a moment where Jared Goff had to? I don't remember if it was third and eight or third and twelve, but basically the Ravens adjusted their look defensively pre-snap, and Goff tried to adjust. And then was about to take a penalty, like a delay of game. and couldn't get the snap off in time. And McVeigh took a timeout and like was yelling at him. And McVeigh is usually like pretty wow. positive with Goff on the field. He wasn't yelling, like screaming, but you could tell like it, basically he was talking underneath the, the call sheet. But the cameras to the sides, so you could see his mouth moving. <laughs> he was so angry. And I was like, wow, this team is off the goddamn rails. All right, so you know I've talked myself out of this. No Cooper Cup this week. You're right, Craig. <laughs> Completely come all the way around. It's just too expensive. No Jared Goff? What about Jared Goff? No, it was a galaxy brain, but I've talked myself out. So there you go. I'm out of my own <laughs> so galaxy brain. Should, okay. should we stick to galaxy brain and have DK go? For me this week, I'm going with Cortland Sutton of the Broncos. Going up against the Chargers, he's 6,600. Now, logic would obviously dictate to avoid Sutton this week after he posted a meager... 3.2 fantasy points with a eight target, one catch, 27 yard line last week. Um, it also doesn't help that he sprained his ankle in the game and kind of was a little bit banged up. We also don't really know who the quarterback is going to be. <laughs> okay, so where are we going with this? Okay, the Broncos. This is, this, is, this is a good galaxy. Sprained ankle, no quarterback. Well, yeah, it's unclear whether it's going to be Locke or Brandon Allen, who was absolutely atrocious last week. Um, and it's also, by the way, this is also a bad matchup for Cortland Sutton. Fifth, uh, they're the fifth best team the Chargers are against wide receivers this year in fantasy. He's likely to draw Casey Hayward, good corner. However, let's uh, turn this into galaxy brain. Sutton's good as hell. He's been remarkably consistent this season despite the terrible quarterback play. You know, basically just quarterback proof for the most part, um, apart from last week, obviously. And his usage numbers last week were actually very, very strong off the charts. In fact, he posted a Whopper, which is uh, from the airyards.com website, weighted opportunity rating. It combines air yards and market, air yards, market share and target share and heavily 
Um, it, it weights target share a little bit more because that could be a little bit more important. But he was he, his whopper of one point zero one was best among all players. He had a thirty two percent target share, so he had eight targets, seventy six percent air yard share um, on the team. So they were looking to him; they just couldn't get it figured out. Um, I think that he's due for positive regression in that sense. Obviously, eight targets and one catches. It's not probably going to happen every week. So that's my galaxy brain. Cortland Sutton's going to bounce back this week, even though it's it looks really bad on paper. I just love Sutton. I think he's that good of a player that he's gonna he's gonna overcome kind of the circumstances around him. Yeah, once you got to to the whopper, I definitely felt galaxy brain personally. <laughs> Craig, who's Here, your galaxy that, brain? That's of the, the week? bottom line. Usage is just really really strong. Is the point? So th- they're still looking to him a lot down the field, and I think he's going to bounce back. Beautiful, Craig. Who's your galaxy brain of the week? Andy Dalton. I love this one, by the way. <laughs> Andy Dalton. I'm jealous of this already. Is starting for the Bengals this week. He is the cheapest quarterback on FanDuel. <laughs> he is tied with guys like Chase Litton. What? Did you say who? John Who's Walford. Chase Litton? And Trace McSorley. Uh, Trace McSorley? Do you guys know? Wait, you're telling me Trace McSorley is the same cost as he's Andy Dalton? Third string quarterback. So is do you guys know it's who like Chase Litton is? In the Matrix. What team is Chase Litton on? I don't know. Josh Wolford, he's the third string quarterback for the Rams. Yeah. Wait, so, how is this? Wait, you found a glitch in the Matrix. This is incredible. I understand. Yeah, it's insane. So we're going with Andy Dalton this week. Um, <laughs> Dalton is also just good. Like in week one, he had 418 yards and two touchdowns against the Seahawks. The yeah, next week, that. he had 311 yards and a touchdown and two touchdowns against the Niners defense. Um, they're playing the Jets, which the Jets have been pretty good as of late. But more than anything, this is just the Red Rifle auditioning for a new team now, and he's going to be slinging it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he's the same as Trace McSorley. That's so embarrassing. Trace McSorley, oh. who was asked to like work out as like a defensive back at the combine <laughs> and declined. He's literally the third string quarterback. He will not play. No. Chase <laughs> Litton. Yeah. He's on the Jags, by the way. Oh man. I that's good to know. Absolutely, absolutely stunning. Wow. I, I can't get over the Trace McSorley Eddie Dalton thing. That is amazing. Can we talk real quick about what the hell are the Bengals doing? Why what, Why does it make sense for them to start Andy Dalton again? DK, the short answer to your question is Bengals head coach Zach Taylor, bless his heart, he's having a hard time. And may, you know what? <laughs> Maybe Marvin heart. Lewis wasn't so bad. I think that's the lesson I have learned personally in 2019. Marvin Lewis, underrated. <laughs> I just think it's so absurd that they're they're like on track to get the number one pick. Like they have a good lead on the on the, you know, tank for whoever, whether it's Burrow or Chase Young or whoever. They're on pace to do that. And now they're just gonna ruin it for no reason. I mean, what's what's the point of bringing Andy Dalton back other than for our good fortune in DFS? All right. I I have a real you you open a wormhole here. I have a real bone to pick with this logic, which is not just you, but I no offense, I hate this logic of, like, why are they bringing Andy Dalton back? They don't want to go 0-16. Zach Taylor <laughs> does not want the first pick. Like, like this is something I really grinds my gears. It's like, Zach Taylor just got a head coaching job. This is the pinnacle of his career, of his, like, life's work. Do you think Zach Taylor wants to go 0-16 to secure the number one pick? No, no he does I get not. why Zach Taylor would not want to do it. I'm talking about the Bengals as an organization. Like the Bengals are like Mike Lombardi. I often call them. They're like an athletic department. They're like the the <laughs> lowest operation. It, 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 it's 
you have the ownership. They have a director of player personnel. It's like a college job. It's not like a real NFL organizational setup. They have two scouts. I think that's a, I'm not 100% sure that's real, but I've heard that. I, I, no disrespect to the to the fine people who work for the Bengals, but it's not at the scale of other teams. And we should not be surprised that their long-term planning is different. Fair, fair. Anyway. Anyhow, I think that we can definitely uh, we can definitely move on. I thought mashed potatoes and like all the Thanksgiving food was going to th- be the thing that set my blood pressure off this week. But no. It's, <laughs> oh, boo. Th- that was funny. I don't know. All right. Well, whatever. Let's move <laughs> on. Middle range sweet spot. Goldilocks, DK, who's someone you like is Goldilocks this week. So I'm rolling with DJ Chark of the Jags going up against the worst pass defense in the NFL, the Buccaneers. He's 6,900. If there's one thing we've learned this year, it's to play receivers when they're going up against the Buccaneers. The Bucs are dead last in opposing receivers uh, versus opposing receivers and fantasy points allowed. And I think Chark has a good chance to kind of bounce back this week. In theory, you know, the Jags definitely kind of funneled their entire offense through Leonard Fournette. Even in the even in the passing game, he, he I think he had like double-digit plus targets in the game. So um, I think they'll probably spread it out a little bit more. They'll have a good chance to do that against the Buccaneers, and I think Chark could kind of bounce back. Obviously, two weeks ago, he had 15 targets, so I think he's due to kind of like level off. Chark has been fantastic. This year. I mean, Chark, DJ Chark is the best receiver from LSU in the NFL. Wow. Chew on that. It's been a really crazy, like he wasn't good as a rookie. And and people kind of, I, I can't remember exactly how people viewed it, but I think it was thought it was a little bit of a, of a reach when he was picked in the second round. He was a good, like he did well at the senior bowl and all that, but he was, he definitely looked out of his depth as a rookie at drops. He was just like a fast guy. This is a good note for next year because when there yeah, are offenses sure. that are not just bad, but I mean, awful like utterly abysmal you kind of have to just throw the sample out like for certain players that didn't perform you have right, to just trash right. it that applies for example Kenyon drake having 30 fantasy points or whatever two weeks after leaving the dolphins uh dj chark with it may apparently look what happens when blake bortles is not your goddamn quarterback <laughs> dj yeah. chark great football player yeah. I mean, the Jaguars built a whole offense just to mitigate the fact that Blake Bortles was would be bad in college. And it, it, it's informative. You look at the teams or last year with the Arizona Cardinals. Turns yeah. out Christian Kirk's like also really good. So I, it, it's it's worth knowing going into next year that don't just discard players, whether they switch teams or whatever, that have been in awful situations. So For sure. And it, I think you're absolutely right. And Chark has been... I mean, he's just been really fun to watch. He's one of my favorite players to watch this year. You know, he's just really good at the back shoulder catch, setting guys up, setting up cornerbacks to, you know, make catches at, at the catch uh, at like contested pass, you know, catch point or whatever. And yeah, he's just really fast. Obviously, he's just I like watching him. He's a fun player, and so I'm in on him this week, especially just because of that matchup is is really juicy. My Goldilocks this week just pretty simple. Miles Sanders. Uh, He's just really cheap. He's not been doing a ton, but he's been getting a lot of snaps with Jordan Howard out the last two weeks. Miles Sanders uh, with Jordan Howard out has been getting 85% of their snaps against New England and then 84% of their snaps against the Seahawks. Obviously, he didn't do much for the Eagles. The Eagles offense as a whole was pretty awful. We're recording this again on Tuesday, so we don't know right now if Jordan Howard's going to play. I still like Miles Sanders in this game if Jordan Howard is out because they're playing the Dolphins and the Eagles yeah. are better than the Dolphins, even if 
Nelson Aguilar is still out, if Alshon Jeffrey is still out, even if Lane Johnson, their right tackle, is still out, I'm still in on Miles Sanders because the Dolphins are so talent barren that I am not exaggerating. The Eagles' backup players are still better than the Dolphins at almost every position. They may not be playing well, but as long as Carson Wentz is in this game, then that run, they're going to get the lead. Miles Sanders is going to get a lot of touches. He's 5,800. He's he's one of like, I think he's barely like a top 30 most expensive running back this week. I, I just think it's um it's a no-brainer if Jordan Howard's out. I'm, I like it. A lot of mileage out of miles. Great matchup. Great matchup. Craig, who's your Goldilocks? Devontae Parker. Sticking with the same <laughs> game. You're on brand as always. I am. You know, I actually feel like I haven't endorsed Devontae Parker as one of my picks in a long time. I always just kind of mention him willy-nilly. But I'm actually going with him this week. Devontae's been... He's been good. A, a, the real example of consistency for wide receivers this year. Yeah. He's had 50 yards in nine straight weeks. Uh, in the last four weeks, he's fourth in yards amongst wide receivers. And for the Dolphins, Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson both left last week with injuries. Jakeem Grant was carted off with an ankle injury, and Albert Wilson hurt his ribs. Um, as we said earlier, it is Tuesday, so we're not sure about that. I would assume Jakeem Grant might not play if he was carted off with an ankle injury. Um, they're playing the Eagles. They've given up the fifth-most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Fitz is going to be slinging it. Devontae's going to be catching him. <laughs> Another 50 is in the bag. 10 straight weeks. <laughs> I love it. Kid's talented. We talked about, oh, don't trust one bad year for people on the Cardinals like Christian Kirk. Well, don't trust the first four bad years for Devontae Parker. <laughs> I think that's really, it's really true, though. I know. He's always been talented. Devontae Parker and Ryan Tannehill are basically the same person. We've been saying yeah. it would happen for years and years and years, and then they split and suddenly both of them got it. Maybe it's like a bad breakup. Like they both needed, like they both flourished separately. Big Devante week for me. Anyone named Devante, man. <laughs> I'm interested. To, I'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing what happens with Devante Parker going forward. He he's under contract next year um, with the dolphins, but like he's, I think he's probably played himself into like having a lot more value than I think anyone thought he had before the season. He would have been a good cheap Patriots sign, I feel like, for this season. No, the the Dolphins can't let him go. The Dolphins have no cap space. I mean, sorry, the Dolphins have all the cap space and no players. There's no earthly reason for them to let any more players with talent leave that team. Who needs they players? They have to spend money on someone. They might as well keep their good ones. These are my thoughts on the matter. <laughs> All right, bargain bin player of the week. You're filling out your lineup. You got to scrape the bottom of the barrel. DK, who are you scraping this week? Going back to the Bengals, I'm going with Tyler Boyd. Going up against the Jets, and I'm with Craig. I think that Andy Dalton makes this offense a lot better. I just, I mean, Ryan Finley was just brutal to watch. Um, bless his and heart. Dalton, bless everyone yeah, on the Bengals' bless, heart. Bless honestly. his heart. Uh, Dalton's back, and he loves targeting Boyd, importantly. Weeks one through eight, which was when Dalton was starter. Uh, Boyd averaged 10.3 targets per game. He had 82 targets, 51 catches, 536 yards, and a touchdown. He's also got the squeaky wheel narrative going for him a little bit. Um, he complained to the coaching staff and into the media about how he wasn't a bigger part of the offense, and then he obviously became a big part of the offense. So that we got that going with him. The Jets also are a good matchup, 29th against opposing receivers. They, as Craig said, they've been getting a little bit better of late, but I still think this is a good matchup for him. I'm guessing AJ Green is still not going to come back, even with Dalton back in the in the mix. And yeah, so I think he's going to be kind of the number one guy in that offense. I would say something, but we have discussed the Bengals far too much on this podcast. Already. <laughs> I like this pick. Fair. Cannot stand any more of it. I, I'm not thankful for them, and I want to no more space for them between my ears. All right, my bargain bin play of the week: Jamal Williams on the Packers uh, going against the Giants. Uh, Believe me, I'm so excited for this matchup. I'll be 
watching this with my psychotic Giants family, and this is going to go terribly. <laughs> Jamal Williams is like the 30th most expensive running back, 31st maybe. Uh, Packers are going to put up a lot of points. This one's really simple. Jamal Williams has seen double-digit carries each of the last two weeks. Mark my words. Mark my words on this. Giants inside linebacker Alec Ogletree <laughs> is going to blow a coverage against one of the Packers running backs for a touchdown. I promise. The only question <laughs> is it will be Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones is the uh, fourth most expensive running back on this slate. Jamal Williams, like outside the top 30. That's all. It's one of like the Packers are going to score many touchdowns. And I am just want the cheapest Packer who is likely to get them, which is Jamal Williams. That's it. I can't wait. So I'm going to watch Ogletree very carefully during this. Alec, game. I could rant on this forever. The Rams signed <laughs> Alec Ogletree to a contract extension in the middle of the season in like 2017. Four months later, they changed their mind and are like, wow, this guy sucks. We got to get him out of here. Mays has described <laughs> Ogletree on this podcast as saying he's like really talented, but often looks like he doesn't know which direction the team, the offense is going when in coverage. Like he just looks lost like a yeah. child in a grocery store left behind by his parents <laughs> who pretended they would leave without him. And it is unbelievable after a 10 years, basically, of the Giants skimping at inside linebacker and going cheap, old, slow to then go fast, expensive, not really wise at inside line. And just <laughs> to this incredibly talented guy to just just blow coverage all the time. You, you know, I'm, I'm totally over it anyway. Anyway, the point is that he, when they traded for him, was like more expensive than everyone except Bobby Wagner and Luke Keekley. So it's fine. <laughs> anyway, I like Jamal Williams to beat Alec Ogletree in pass coverage this it's week. Fine. That's all. Let's move on before I have an aneurysm. Craig, who's your bargain bin play of the week? Yet again, week two, I'm going with Greg Olson, the tight end of the Panthers. Now, this is not about the nuance and advanced stats on Greg Olson or his matchup. I'm just trying to win people money. And I think I've discovered a system error on FanDuel. Greg Olson is $5,100. He is the 18th most expensive tight end. Amongst the tight ends more expensive than Greg Olson are Jonu Smith, who had zero targets last week, Ross <laughs> Dwelly, who played five snaps on Sunday, Eric Ebron, who was just sent to IR, Delaney Walker, who hasn't played in four weeks. I don't understand what's going on on FanDuel. Greg Olson had seven targets last week and five catches, and he's the tight end eight. <laughs> compelling i mean yeah so he's wow that's you're i wow. have i have no retort that is per that was perfect <laughs> well done craig I, I don't get maybe it maybe we should cut this from the podcast and keep this for ourselves <laughs> something's going on us? with greg olson the guy who runs the fan to a lineup pricing just forgot about him or he hates you think him he just left him. early for thanksgiving he played him in little league and he hates him maybe, and- yeah i guess that's what i would do to austin hoover <laughs> wow all right, well, let's get into our FanDuel lineup of the week. We're going to use one lineup for all three of us, and we're going to win some money, boys, again. We're on a streak. We're on a little hot streak here. Yes, I feel great about this lineup. All right. Well, you know, if you feel great, DK, why don't you start us off? Okay, okay, I'll do that. Um, at quarterback, we got Patrick Mahomes going up against the Raiders. He's 8,600. We like that matchup. We like him coming off the bye, getting healthy. Um, running back, we got Saquon Barkley, as we talked about early on. Uh, I think it's just due for a bigger game going up against Green Bay, who's been a very, very bad run defense team this year. Uh, at the other running back spot, we didn't talk about him yet. Philip Lindsay, who has basically taken over as the workhorse, workhorse back in the in that offense. He's Royce Freeman. He's out touching Royce Freeman, you know, significantly now. They've kind of 
I guess, committed to him down the stretch run. I think they kind of had 50-50 split during the beginning of the year, maybe to try and keep him healthy or whatever. But from this point on, Philip Lindsay's the man in Denver going up against the Chargers who have not been good against opposing running backs. So that's kind of our first three there. We got Patrick Mahomes, Barkley, and Lindsay. Gregoria, you want to keep going? Yeah. For our receivers, we're going to go with Tyree Kill. We like this game as a real blow-up spot for Mahomes and Hill. It's a nice little um, stack that we're doing there. And then we're going to add on DJ Chark, who we talked about. Been pretty consistent. Tampa Bay's terrible against the pass. And then our third receiver, we're going to finish up with Jameson Crowder, who is a target hog on the Jets. And he had a down week last week. We're going to exploit that. And they're playing Cincinnati, who suck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think it's been well-established on this episode so far. <laughs> And speaking of that, Chiefs-Raiders games, we got Darren Waller at tight end. Yeah, we talked about him last week, or uh, earlier this week, I should say, with Hunter Renfro getting injured. I think that means target share for Waller is going to explode going forward. So that's kind of what we're looking at for this week. Yeah, it's unfortunate about Hunter Renfro, but the Raiders have to get something going. And the Chiefs, just because the Chiefs run by, doesn't mean we can forget that their pass defense also awful. <laughs> yeah. And then flexing, we're flexing in Tyler Boyd because I... Um, was overruled on this, and I didn't want to fight it. Who did you want in here? I forget. No, I just didn't want to bangle. It's not really like there's a specific person as much as just like right, kind of right. morally. I just was like, I don't want to. I don't want to watch this game. And but like, we had to it. with Dalton yeah, playing. You got to get a bangle. <laughs> bangle Boyd. <laughs> bangle Boyd. Gotta love oh, the man. Bengals. My God. And then defense. We're going L.A. Chargers against the Broncos because uh, you know Brandon Allen. The the true lie. Who knows? Who knows? No, we're rolling the dice. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I'm happy with that defense. Drew Locke or Brandon Allen. Absolutely thrilling. To roll it back all the way, you know, go back, whole, go through the whole thing. Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, Philip Lindsay, Tyree Kill, DJ Chark, Jamison Crowder, Darren Waller, Tyler Boyd, and the Chargers. I love this lineup. Who's your favorite person in this lineup? And who's the person that you think is going to ruin the whole thing for us? I love the Mahomes Hill stack. So I'm excited about that. The one I'm most worried about is, I mean, uh, probably Tyler Boyd, to be honest, but he was kind of our bargain bin, sneak him in there because we didn't have a lot of cash left over. So, yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, you know what? I hope you guys have lovely Thanksgivings. Well, yeah. it's, it's already thanks. Thanksgiving already happened, but, you know, oh, yeah. for, for the people listening. But for us, it has right. not. Well, we're recording on <laughs> Tuesday, so definitely check all the injuries and make sure. We're in Thanksgiving limbo right now. It has yeah, both happened <laughs> and not happened. We're stuck in between. Time. Schrodinger's Thanksgiving. That could be the name of the episode. <laughs> it will not be. Let's get out. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Everyone, hope you already had a happy holiday. And don't forget to buy stuff on Black Friday and Cyber Monday like I always do. Good luck with your lineups, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>